So if you want to be a great presenter, a great public speaker, you need to be a great communicator. And if you listened to last week's podcast, episode number 230 with Katya, you would have got some great ideas, particularly around intercultural communication, leadership communication, that sort of thing. Well, I've got another superb guest coming on the show this week, Brendan Kumasari, who's going to talk to you about some amazing ideas about communication, just simplifying the whole thing down. Going to enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, welcome. This is the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. This is Trevor Lee and this is episode 231. So, fantastic. Now, we're really into the swing of things. We've got some great, we're in the middle of some great guests at the moment. Catch you last week talking about communication. Well, this week got Brendan Kumasari and Brendan's website's called rockstarcommunicator.com and he has an ambition to help people like you get into the top 1% of communicators in your industry. And he's going to share some great ideas and thoughts. We have, a, we have a fantastic conversation around communication. And he's got an easy three things for you to do, which you're going to really enjoy doing. And will help you transform either from a non-communicating presenter, what you know, if you're not doing presentations at the moment, to helping you strive to be in that top 1% of communicators in your industry. Imagine that. What would that look like if you were in that slot? Right. Let's go and meet Brendan. So, Brendan, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome, my friend, from Montreal. So, would you like to give listeners a little bit of an introduction about yourself, please? Absolutely, Trevor. Thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be on the show. So, my name is Brendan Kumarasamy. I'm the founder of MasterTalk. MasterTalk is a YouTube channel I started many years ago to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And how I got started, Trevor, was when I was in college and university. I went to business school. And I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age are playing like rugby or footy or cricket, I wasn't into any of those sports. I did presentations professionally, and that's how I learned how to speak. And then as I got older, I started coaching a lot of the students in those colleges, and that's what built the expertise for Master Talk later in my life because I realized, frankly, Trevor, that everything that I was sharing with them wasn't available for free on the internet, so I wanted to change that. Well, that's amazing. And I know you say on your website, Brendan, that you've got a, you know, a, a goal to uh, help people become uh, what you describe as one of the, you know, the top in the top 1% communicators in whatever in- industry they're in. So that's, uh, that's a great challenge to have to help people do that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And do you find, Brendan, that when you, uh, you know, you come across people, because I find that in the business world, you know, they say, you know, people really don't like doing presentations, standing up and doing public speaking. Is that still the case or are people getting less nervous and more confident about getting out there? Or are you still finding people are resisting doing it? I, I definitely do think, Trevor, and there's a reason for that, especially with younger generations. And the answer is simply this convenience. So let me give a simple example of what I mean here. Let's say 20 years ago, you wanted to ask somebody on a date and you probably know this better than I do. You got to ask them. You got to go up to them and say, hey, I think you're attractive. Let's go on a date. Example. But today, it's not that people are worse off than they were in older generations. It's that they have more options. So now you have an option between texting someone or swiping versus doing the interface, the face-to-face conversation. So people just opt for the easier out. 20 years ago, give them a call. Today, you can send them an email. You can text them. 
So because of that, the average number of hours that we're actually spending time talking has diminished, which of course impedes our ability to communicate. And that applies to all generations because we all have that convenience factor now. And do you think, therefore, Brendan, that people who are still communicating on a kind of live one-to-one or one-to-many basis um, in various different ways, as you've said, um, are they more successful? That's an interesting question, Trevor. I would say it depends on what context. So if we're talking about like one-on-one sales, people who do strategy calls to grow their businesses, I mean, for sure, they become more successful. Do I think then the context of where one-on-one conversations apply for sure? But in the context of public speaking, there might be some edge, but probably not all the way through. There's definitely some extras we can talk about that I doubt even the people who excel in one-on-one conversation don't really do enough of for one-to-many. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, you know, we talked. You, you talk about this. You know, get people in the top one percent, and I'm sure people listening to this podcast are listening to it because you know, this is all about ideas and advice and help to become a, as it says on the tin, a better presenter. So I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking that listeners are thinking, God, it'd be great if I could be in the top one percent. So I'm hoping, Brendan, over the next few minutes, you'll be able to share a, a few thoughts and ideas about how that listeners could make that move. So you know, what, what do you, what do you reckon? What, what are the, some of the things they need to be thinking about? Absolutely, Trevor. So so let's kind of divide this into two categories. The first one is how do we get started? Because obviously top 1% communicator means, in my opinion, by the way, that let's say you're an accountant listening to this podcast. If there's 100 accountants in the world in that room, it would be obvious that you would be the best communicator in that group. So top 1% communicator industry doesn't mean in the whole entire world. It just means the people that you're competing against in the career or the vocation or the calling that you're in. Right. How do you separate yourself within that group of people. So of course, being a top 1% out of professional speakers is a very, very challenging goal. But being a top 1% communicator in a field of plumbers, in a field of technicians, in technology, is actually much easier. So that's the way that I think about it. But let's start with how to get started. For me, Trevor, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of them is body language, one of them is vocal variety, another one is pausing, smiling, and the list goes on. So it can get really confusing for people. So here's what I call, now pause at each one, what I call my easy threes. What are the three easiest balls that we should juggle? So let's start with number one, which is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like hair salon, like t-shirt, like yellow, and create random presentations out of thin air. Why is this effective? It's effective because if you can make sense out of nonsense, Trevor, you can make sense out of anything. And this is something you can also do with your family and friends. Well, wow. and on, on that basis, uh, Brendan, do you, I, so let's say um, I pick a word that you say hair salon, okay? <laughs> So are you saying, is this like, pick a word out of a hat almost, as you say, random, and then what, talk for it, talk about it for a minute, two minutes or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Why don't you throw me a word? I'm happy to demonstrate right now. All right, calendar. Okay. So for those who are listening to this podcast, Trevor did not give me the word calendar prior to this conversation. <laughs> That's right. So, now to, so here I go. It's Sunday night and I'm preparing for the week. And every high performer in the world, Trevor, They always figure out the results of what's going to happen in their calendar before the calendar week begins. They take out their post-it notes. And no, I'm not just saying that. I mean that. And they take notes to make sure that when something's on the calendar, when something gets done, they get the result. But here's the problem, Trevor. 
a lot of us turn the pages of our calendar every single month, every single day, every single week, and life just passes us by sometimes. And that calendar is empty, empty of our dreams, empty of our ambitions, empty of the things we actually want to do in life and choose not to do. So what are you going to do with your calendar this week? Are you going to leave it empty? Or are you going to fill it up with your dreams, your ambitions, because you're only one step away to getting that goal? And all you need is a filled up calendar. That's it. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was fantastic. I, I mean, that was great. And, uh, you know, my observations of the way you, you delivered that, Brendan, is that, you, you, you know, I always say to people, you know, the way you use your voice is important. You, you change the tempo of your voice to you use a pause or you asked a few questions. I mean, there's like a whole presentation masterclass, I think, right there in, the, in that minute and a half or something. What a top idea. I love that idea. So listeners, get out there, choose yourself a random word and randomly talk about it. Now, Brendan, is it important when the listeners do this that they say it out loud? You know, they, they actually do what you did. And do, do, do they have to have somebody there with them or can they just randomly practice speaking without anybody there? I, I love the follow-up question, Trevor. So a couple of things. The first thing I'll say is do not compare yourself to me. And the reason is because I've done the random word exercise 3,000 times, <laughs> right? And I'm not exaggerating. So what's the advice? The advice is do it. You don't get points on how well you do the exercise. Because when you start and you get calendar, you're going to go, uh, calendar is like a, a virtual and it's Google Calendar. You're just not going to know. And you won't have fun with it. But as you do this 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, which, by the way, Trevor, only takes 30 minutes. This is not a seven-hour exercise we're talking about. As you do the random word exercise more and more, you actually get very comfortable with it over time and the third piece to your point my best tip for those who can't afford a coach is always do this with your family especially if you have kids or nieces and nephews if you're in a car you're picking them up from school or you're in the sh if you're in the shower alone you can practice as well but if you're in the car instead of listening to music just throw them random words and practice with each other that's the best way to do it do you know uh, brendan when i had i had a dog a few years ago and uh, i used to practice loads of presentations while i was out dog walking or get ideas for them. And, and you know, one of the things I find, I don't know how you find this as well, if I've got a presentation to do or, or, or anything on those lines and I've, I'm looking for an idea as to how to get it going, I will, if I'm out running or, you know, whatever I might be doing, um, I will speak things out loud and I'm just get just trying to get the flow going. So is that part of, is that kind of a legitimate thing to you know, add to your random word exercise? I mean, absolutely, Trevor. You, you know, it's funny. I told you prior to this conversation, there's always something that I learned from the host. And that's that's my one takeaway. I never <laughs> talk about dog walking. You're absolutely right. There's so many people who have dogs who can do that in the morning. There's no excuse now. So, so I'm glad you brought that up. Very good insight. Well, you know, you, know you talked about 20 years ago, Brendan, and, uh, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. Well, 20 years ago, if you if you were going for a walk on your own or, or a run or whatever, and you were talking to yourself, people think, you know, What's going on there? Who's that kind of nutter talking to himself? Now, of course, it's a legitimate thing because we're all talking to people on the phones we can't see and everything else. And so it's a, it's a much more comfortable thing. Great. So random word. Now, you said you've got three easy balls of those 18. Random word was the first one. So have, have you got a second one? Absolutely, Trevor. So number two is question drills. We get asked questions all the time in our life, at home, at school, at work, and even in the conversation right now, we're, we're, we're throwing questions at each other. But most of us, Trevor, 
are reactive to those questions. We wait for the question to appear and we say, oh, uh, here's the answer. And it catches us off guard. I'll give you an example. A few years ago when I started guesting on podcasts, I sucked. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just showed up and people would just ask me a bunch of questions I didn't know the answer to. One in particular, some guy asked me, it was so funny. He said, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at the guy and I said, I don't know, uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, London, you tell me, man, I don't know. So because of that, I got caught off guard. So how did I become more proactive? Every single day, Trevor, for only five minutes, once again, all the exercises we're talking about are not hard. Five minutes a day, one question. Take one question about your expertise and spend five minutes writing out the answer on a Word document, on a paper, and do that for five minutes every day with a new question. And if you do that for a year, Trevor, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry. And that's number two. Wow, that's absolute. That's a great thing. And again, when you're answering those questions, you say write them down, but then would you kind of speak them out loud as well, just to just to help you again, get that practice of speaking and things like that? Excellent. So there's different levels to that. The first one would be definitely just writing it out, just getting people to do it. And the reason I say that, by the way, Trevor, because you're asking me a nuanced question, I want to give you a nuanced answer, is because people make excuses. They go, oh, Brendan, uh, you know, I know you say I need a partner, but I don't have a partner, so I just won't do the exercise at all. And that's why I always say the first level is no, no, no. You can sit down for five minutes and write the answer out yourself. But of course, to your point, there's different levels to the game. So the next level would be using a voice recorder and sending it to another buddy. So somebody else is doing the question drill exercise with you and you send each other the the answers to your questions. And the next step after that is you actually don't even need to make up the questions. I'm practicing the question drill right now. That's why I do a lot of these uh, impromptu because I don't know what questions you're going to ask me, which is great because it's great practice for me. But the other piece is you actually don't need to be on a podcast to do this. You have your clients, the people you want to serve to send you a list of all of the questions that they have about your expertise and that just becomes your list that you need to write answers to every day simple and do you think when you say about you know people finding excuses not to do these sort of things do you think that's because in business generally and particularly i find around you know presenting and pitching and all that that people for some reason are generally reluctant to do the preparation and do the practice to the level they need to do do you think that's part of that yeah and, and let me let me widen it out even bigger trevor the reason is because the biggest challenge in communication a lot of people believe it's fear i actually don't think it's fear I think it's something even greater, motivation. Because if you're not motivated to do something, to speak, to share your ideas with the world, you're not going to push through the fear. You're not going to try and make it better. So now the next follow-up point to that is how do we get people motivated around communication and why aren't they to push themselves further? To your point, they just do what's necessary. And the answer is simply this. We see communication as a chore. Whenever we think of communication, we go, Oh my God, I got to speak. I got to give this presentation at work. We, we associate it with stress, with anxiety, instead of what communication is for, which is exactly what we're using it so well for, which is to create an impact for the invisible people right now who are listening to us. And that's what we need to shift in the mindset of people. And the way we do that is a question. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Think about that. That's really interesting. I've never heard anyone describe that communication as a chore. 
but I get exactly what you're saying there. I really do. Do you think? Do you think part of that is also uh, seeing it as a chore because I've got better things to do? Oh, I haven't got time to do that presentation, and you're kind of again looking for a reason not to do it as as much as anything else. Is that is that a linked in there as well? Do you think with some people? I've thought about this for many years, Trevor. I think the answer is actually much earlier in life. Right. Let me draw a picture here. So where do we learn how to speak? And the answer to that question, like formal presentations, is school, elementary school, high school, whether you're in the UK education system, really any education system in the world, that's where we learn how to speak. But here's the issue, Trevor. All of those presentations have three things in common. Number one, they're all mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Trevor, you want to get fish and chips and present all day? Nobody says that ever. That's number one. And nobody has fish and chips for breakfast either. That was a weird analogy. Anyways, number two, all of those presentations are different, right? So we don't wake up and say, Trevor, what are you excited about in life? No. They say, you got to talk about Shakespearean poetry, and then tomorrow you got to talk about the history of Missouri, and you're like, what? And the day after that, you got to talk about the Renaissance. And then the third problem, which is the worst one of all, Trevor, is that all of those presentations are tied to a bloody punishment. If you don't do a great job and you're a 13-year-old kid, and you don't get a pat on the back for doing a terrible job, you get a slap in the face. You lose 25% of your grade. So yeah, it's no wonder we see it as a chore growing up as kids, because every memory we have of communication growing up is is negative versus when it comes to sports, all of them are positive. So you grew up loving it. So are you uh, motivation and pushing through the fear? Is this is this is, is this the third of the three eases, or is that part of number two? Just to confirm that for listeners who are thinking, is that number three? So that's actually a separate bonus. Step okay, just you bonus. Asked the nuance right. Okay, yeah, right. okay. Well, that's be- like the bo- before we get to number three. Then let's just I just want to pick up on this. Uh, no, you know the motivation and push through the fear bit because. Hey, if I'm going to be a top 1% communicator in my sector and I'm working in a sector where there's lots of people communicating, let's say in the sales sector, because I know a lot of salespeople listen to this podcast. So, you know, how am I going to convince myself that it is getting, you know, I, I, I work with people. I say, well, you know, how many videos have you done on LinkedIn this week? Oh, I haven't done any. I, I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, I can't do that. And I know you've done loads and I know you talk about how you practiced and we'll talk about that in a second. But what is the you know is it is the is the motivation the fact that you do you want to be this one percent top person or not is it as simple as that uh, for sure trevor so here's what i would say i would say all of us need to master communication for different reasons but the one percent conversation is a different one so let's separate that yeah so let's start with the beginning the the chapter one which is communication is so much more than getting a job promotion or making more money. It's the way we talk to our families. It's the way that we order food at a restaurant. It's the way that we meet new people when we travel. It's every moment of our life. Communication is about leading a more fulfilling life. That's why I always begin with how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Why? Because the answer to that question, Trevor, is different for all of us listening to this podcast. Like if you asked everyone listening, what their answer was, they would give you a different one. You might say, I want to be a world-class podcast host, though you're actually pretty good. So, right? so, so you don't have much get Delta left there. But for me, it might be thought leader. I want to share my, my videos with billions of people. But there might be a mother listening to this podcast saying, I actually just want a better relationship with my children. And somebody else might say, 
you know, my English isn't that great and I want to make new friends. So everyone's got their own reasons. So now how do we separate that from the 1% conversation? I won't give too much because I'll scare people unless you want me to scare people. But I would say the key <laughs> for one percenters, that's most of people who work with me directly, which is the random word exercise. Let's use it as an analogy. I'll say, you know, do it a few times a day, Trip, or do this with your kids. But with the people I work with who really want that goal, I say, look, you better do this 100 times in two weeks or I'll fire your ass. So it's a different level of sure. uh, performance, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Right. So, uh, so number, th- what is your easy number three then? Absolutely. So number three is so simple, Trevor. Nobody does it. Make a <laughs> list of five to ten people that you really love in your life: friends, family, nieces, nephews. It could be clients, people that you really adore, and ask yourself a simple question. When was the last time you sent them, not a 20-minute, not a 20-hour, a 20-second video message just saying how much you appreciate having them in your life? Hey, Trevor, just really just want to send a quick video message. Say, wow, love the podcast. Love your interview style. Keep up the incredible work that you're doing. Simple. But it's so simple, nobody does it. A lot of people ask me, Trevor, oh, should I post on social media? No, no, no. Start with the people around you first because it teaches you a valuable lesson about what communication is for when you start getting those replies of, oh, my God, I've never received a video message before. (laughs) This means a lot to me. There you go. And and is that the way to start your journey into video communication then? In my opinion, yes. I'll, I'll give you a quick story, but that won't be too long. One of my CEO clients, he has 40 employees, and he's really scared of communication, or at least used to be. And I told him one day, send a video message to all 40 of your employees. I don't care if it's the vice president of the company or the janitor. And he didn't want to do it, not because he hated his employees, but because he was scared about how he looked. Oh, my God. Like, what if I don't have the right lighting? And I, but for him, it was a bit different. I said I'd fire him in 24 hours if he did it. So that's kind of how I motivate those guys. <laughs> different. So he did it, of course. But what he was shocked by, Trevor, is when he woke up the next morning and he got all of these messages – from people saying, wow, the CEO of the company sent me a video message. I can't believe this. It's crazy. Really made my day. His retention is skyrocketed. But more importantly, his mindset around communication shifted for the rest of his life. Now he sends video messages all the time for fun to his family. Brendan, where do you think, uh, in terms of video messages, you know, we, we all get so many, we, will, we mainly get tons and tons and tons, of, don't we, of written emails. I can't remember the last time someone sent me a video email, but I'm I'm sure it's going to be the way forward. So in your view, where is video email at the moment as a communication tool? And and where are the is there still a massive opportunity to be a, a you know a first adapter almost or an early adopter of that sort of thing? I I definitely think there's a big opportunity for video in general, especially within your private network, the people around you, because a lot of people aren't doing this. And one thing I want to add is it doesn't necessarily need to be bogged down to video email either. I would say most of the videos I send is whatever makes my life easy. So, for example, Telegram, Facebook… Uh, which is called meta now apparently you know like linkedin (laughs) they have actually built in video message features where you you don't need to download anything you just click on your mobile phone and there's a way to just literally make the video right there on the spot for 20 seconds 
and just send it to their DM directly. So those are the tools I use, but I definitely think it's a big opportunity. And the reason is because nobody does it. It's the new version, in my opinion, and it's easier too of the handwritten note card. I actually feel video messages are faster and they mean a lot more than than written cards because you forget about the written card really quickly. Great stuff. Now I'm going to put the easy three in the show notes, but just check that I've got these right, Brendan. So the random word, yeah, speak about the random word for a minute, 90 seconds. The question drills, five minutes a day, and then five or 10 people make a list of the people you really adore and send them all a 20-second video message. 10 brilliant. out of 10, brother. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, before um, before we kind of uh, get to, uh, t- I'll, I'll get you to tell me uh, or tell the listeners rather where to get hold of you, uh, Brendan, but uh, just just give us a bit of a flavour of the sort of things that you do. And I know you've got a, a workshop series as well, which listeners might be interested in. So tell us a little bit about those. And then to wrap things up, I'm just going to ask you for your best two top tips. You may have given them already, but uh, let's see how we go. Yeah, absolutely, Trevor. So, so I'll just answer both. By the way, thanks for having me on the show. This is awesome. Really appreciate the conversation. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk. You'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And the second way to keep in touch is attending one of my free workshops over Zoom. I do a free one every three weeks. It's live. It's interactive. And it's not boring. So if you want to see me facilitate, all you have to do is go to rockstarcommunicator.com and you can register for that. In terms of the last question, what, what would be the two tips? Here would be my two tips, Trevor. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? A lot of us listen to the question whenever they're listening to me on a podcast, but they don't take the question seriously. So what's part one? Part one is book 15 minutes out of your calendar today and write out the answer to that question to the best of your ability. That's the first exercise. And the second one is force somebody else in your network to do the exercise. You can share the answers with each other. The best way to make your dreams come true, to keep it super simple, is to just make them public. The day that I said to the world, I wanted to create this with MasterTalk, everything came to me. My best friend does my video production. The guy who does my logo is a friend of mine who did it for free when I had 20 subscribers. And I didn't even make up the name MasterTalk. Somebody else gave me the name. He just said, you should call it that. And I said, thank you. So when you make your goals public, the you know, the universe will find a way to make it happen. So go for it. Fantastic. Now, I'll put the uh, links in the show notes, Brendan, uh, to the YouTube channel and to rockstarcommunicator.com. I have to say, listeners, I've looked at Brendan's YouTube channel. It is fantastic. And you've got a big number of subscribers, haven't you? I think many, many thousands. That's right, I think, isn't it? You've got a big that. So get on there, subscribe to Brendan's channel. That would be amazing. So this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed this. I, I often feel this, though. Here I am sitting on the other side of the fence, and I'm thinking, right, I've got to go and do all these things now as well, <laughs> which is great. So so that is amazing. So, Brendan, what next then? What are you, what, you know, what's next for you? What are you up to? Uh, what, what are your plans? You know, where, are you, where is your business going from here? Yeah, for sure, Trevor. And I appreciate you saying that's very humble of you, given you're already a pretty great communicator yourself. But, but I would say the key for me, Trevor, is really scaling the impact. You know, I'm very grateful. Now I'm in a place in my business where I don't have to worry about paying the bills anymore. So now it's really about how do I scale what I have, what I've spent seven years building because I started when I was 19, is now that I'm in that crux, that special moment, that curve in my life, I can really take these resources seriously and 
bring them to the world. And that's really the, the next step for me, scaling the YouTube channel, scaling the coaching business and scaling the impact. Great stuff. And just one question, because I know you're, you're clearly front and center of this business. And I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening to this thinking, OK, so you're you know, you are the expert, you're the guy. So if you scale your business, I think this is always the big question, isn't it? How do you how do you stay with your impact personally? Or do you have to bring people in who follow the same patterns and cultures and styles of you? How does that work? To, to be honest, Trevor, you know, I always like to answer questions honestly. I'm not 100% sure either. And I think that's a lesson for people is that you don't need to have all the lessons or all the ideas to get started. But I'll give you the answer that my 26-year-old self will give you, but I'm sure my 30-year-old self would give me a very different <laughs> one, which is for now, I think the goal would be really focusing on keeping my coaching business lean. I'm not really looking to hire other facilitators, not yet anyways. And the reason is because it takes too much of my brain power. I really want to spend 90% of my time on media like this and work 10% of my time on clients who pay me a hefty premium to work with me. That's what the model I want to do because I want to free up more of my mind so that I can write the greatest book in human history on communication in my 30s. So that's the way I'm positioning the business now. But who knows? I mean, I just <laughs> learned about dog walking today. I, I can't believe <laughs> I've been on so many podcasts and I haven't thought about that. And, and somebody gives me the idea now. It's crazy. It's such a simple thing. I could force my clients to do. So thank you for that. It's great insight. <laughs> Brendan, that's great. Well, when you do write that world's best ever book, you know, let uh, let me know and we'll uh, we'll talk about it on a, on a future episode of the podcast. So that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Brendan, it's yeah. been brilliant to have you on the show. I'm sure listeners have really enjoyed listening to this as much as I've enjoyed, you know, working with you on the, on the, on the episode. So thank you very much for your contribution. It's been fantastic. And uh, best of luck with your, your ambitions and your growth pattern from here. Likewise, brother. It was an honor. Thanks for having me. Now, I think you can tell everybody that I really enjoyed having Brendan on the show in this episode. Wow, and I hope you did as well. I mean, some really great ideas and just, you know, the energy that Brendan brought to the episode. Absolutely fantastic. Now, I'm going to put all the bits that he talked about in the show notes, but let's just remind ourselves of those easy three things. So, you know, pick that random word and then just talk about it for 90 seconds or so. And then those question drills. I mean, this is really great stuff, isn't it? And, you know, you think, well, that's pretty obvious. But, you know, you will have a huge amount of knowledge and answers to your questions. So, you know, what questions do people ask you about what you do, your expertise? And what is your five-minute answer to those questions or your answer to those questions? As Brendan said, that whole exercise, five minutes a day. And then... The top one, you know, for me, the one that can really be transformational for you because not many people are using video as a communication tool. And I meet so many people who say, oh, yeah, I know I should be, you know, doing videos for LinkedIn, Trevor, and I know I should be doing videos for proposals and emails and all that, but they're not doing it. So do what Brendan said, you know, pick five or ten people that you really mean a lot to in your life and send them that 20-second video message. Yeah, fantastic. And then, and I'll put all in the show notes. And of course, you know, Brendan's, you know, Brendan's two questions that you need to ask yourself, you know, or the question, the first question, how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? You know, and just spend 15 minutes answering that question and then get a buddy to do it with you, you know, and think about how that's going to work for you. So there we go. So that's all fantastic. Now, I've um, got some more guests, great guests lined up for you as we go into September. So do tune in. If you like the podcast, please do share it. Please do comment on it. Leave a review. That would be amazing. And if you leave a review and you screenshot the review and you send it to podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk, 
and you would like a copy of my book, 12 Business Lessons from Running an Ultramarathon, I've still got a few proper copies, you know, not e-copies, proper copies, which I will mail to you, so don't, don't forget to include your mailing address as well, of the book. Now, these are the first draft copies, so there's the, the odd full stop in the wrong place, the odd comma in the wrong place, the odd covered letter missing, that sort of thing. But nevertheless, the core content is exactly the same, and I think you'll really appreciate it, especially if you're a runner and you're a business person, which some of you I know are. And don't forget my running podcast, Running 44 at 60, which uh, some, you know, for some reason is gaining huge popularity at the moment, <laughs> which is fantastic. It was never meant to be anything more than a learning tool for me, and now it's become a fully-fledged podcast, and we've got 90-odd episodes out there. So that's Running 44 at 60, so check that one out as well. Right, thanks for listening. See you next time.